And here he is, Musica Key. What's happening, sir? What's up, my man? What, what a do? What's uh, the day been like so far? For me, it's been very busy. It's been very busy. Uh, I've had a, an, an interview with a magazine and cool. I've had a lot of business meetings. Jaws is another, is another beast on its own. Because <laughs> uh, you didn't grow up in Joburg, No, right? not at all. Yeah, where all. did you grow up? I grew up in Guamashu. Okay. Uh, I grew up in Durban, Guamashu. Um, went to CV Primary, went to Queensborough Boys High, so I'm a, I'm a borough boy, as yeah. they put it. Um, and went to Park Hill Secondary School for the, let the, the late two years of my of my of my of my high school. Cool. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm a thoroughbred. And did you do music as a, a subject in school? No. So how? What indication was there? I mean, did you bang on the pots at the age of five that we may have thought this might turn out to be what your life looks no. like in 2018? <laughs> no. Uh, basically, my dad was a huge collector of of, of Motown R and B music, and 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 my my cousin. Also was a huge collective of, of, of 90s R&B, late 80s and, 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 and 90s R&B. So I think that's where my, my informal education was at. So I think that from always saying, Daddy, let me wash your car because I wanted to hoi the cassette in there or hoi the <laughs> nice. CD and just bang the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I think that's where my dad started to see that hey, he's keen on music, but let's see. If it, it really pans out at any stage in his life. So there was a lot of, uh, Kwaito hip hop and, uh, house on the peripheral growing up. I yes. mean, that was a lot of what the current sound was in addition Correct. to what you were hearing when you were watching the car and that yeah. kind of thing. Um, but it, it seems like it was the house that really resonated with you, um, and would become what you would do a little bit uh, down the line, right? Uh, yes, I could say house music was, was, Possibly in, 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 in high school, but mostly yeah. was R&B. I've always wanted to be an R&B star. I mean, I used to watch Teddy Pendergrass. Yeah. And, um, Ashford Simpson and, 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 and family, you know, they, they, they had a show that was called, uh, the street opera. Yeah. So it was a nice concert and, and I used to record it for my dad at eight years old because I knew he liked the sort of sound. So, uh, I've always wanted to be an R&B singer, but the house music came in when, when I first heard Fresh House Flavor Volume One. <laughs> and what are truth. we on now? Now we're on like, oh, we're like, we're like fifteen a fresh somewhere there. Hey? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're very far with it. So when I first heard that song, Abstract Truth, we had a thing. I knew that this is what I want to do. I want to make people dance. I love music, but I want I want to make people dance. Besides falling in love and all the the other stuff, but people should dance. Yeah, because we grew up in in, in a dancing uh, township. It, it was all about dancing and and, and very vibey. You know. So how do we cut to 2009 when you uh dropped the album or embarked on the album Friends Music and Sex? What was the in between getting to that point because it's quite something to I don't know get to a point where you're even putting an album out. Yeah. And at that point you know that you're doing something for real and yes. it's not just a hobby. I think uh 2009 was when uh, my friend and I Zeke Spantuini at the time um he just finished doing El Volvo's uh second album third album. And um I was retrenched, so I had time. What were you doing? What were you I, I was, from? I was, I was a sales executive at, at Nissan. So remember the time? Those were times of the recession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the National Credit Act had come in, so business was slow. And first time in my life at that age, I was retrenched, and I was I was bummed. Huh. And Zeke said, "Dude, we need to go into studio. You're gonna sleep on my couch. You're not going back to your place. You're gonna wow. sleep on my couch, and we're gonna just record and, and and just vibe it out. And we did that, and and we produced a lot of hits." And La 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 was one of them. The album Friends Music and Sex didn't actually uh, get released. 
purely because again the recession hit everybody hard. Mm. You remember, if you remember correctly, I think in two thousand and nine or eight, the the, the there were Metro FM awards or some awards didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Or summers or something, but some award ceremonies didn't happen because of the recession. It was just such a bad time. And the labels just said we're cutting half. We're going half on budgets, and I was yeah. like, oh, "This album's too good to be going half budget. We've got to go all or nothing." <laughs> so that's why I decided, you know what? Let's shelve it. Let's see how th- how things go because the music was just ahead. How much of that style um, and that sound is in the stuff that you're putting out now in 2018, or have you really re-engineered everything since 2009? Since that sort of first, the universe I'm gonna pushing shock you, you to do it. I'm going to shock you. The, the current <laughs> single. Yeah. That you just played? Yeah. Never touched since 2009. Recorded, done, wow. engineered, done. That's crazy. That's how ahead the music was that we, we did. Wow. Because we were researching a lot and listening to a lot of... That's crazy. I promise you. So we did the album and all of the music that's there is about five songs that yeah. were done in 2009 and they all just sound so fresh. Hmm. So I've just re-engineered them here and there just to make them sound a bit more fatter and more alive now in, in mm. the current era. But... Most of the music is, 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 is where it was. Yeah. And it's the amazing. sound is consist- consistent. The sound is very consistent. It's about, you see, when, the thing is when you invest in, in a sound and you invest in your craft, you know what your sound is, mm. where your sound is at. So you don't need to fiddle with it too much. What you need to do is just maybe enhance here and there. So I think that song and the other songs were way ahead, way, way ahead. What do you think is the most interesting thing about you as an artist? Me as an artist? Uh, I think the most interesting thing about me is, is, uh, my songwriting skills and, uh, my tone and voice. They always tell me that, oh, you've got a great tone. So I think that's what makes it interesting mm. from a, from a vocal point of view. But from a, a personal point of view, I'm a very nerdy, funny guy. So <laughs> <laughs> that's also very interesting. Nerdy and funny in one sentence, eh? And then R&B just thrown into it. And then yeah. R&B thrown yeah. in it. So a Mr. Loverman, a, a smoothie kind of guy. Yes. Right? <laughs> uh, we're going to sp- uh, play a track now. It's called Mood for Love. Yes. Take me through sort of the process and putting it together. And was it this year? Or we also speaking about 2009. What's the story? No. This one is probably one of the latest songs that, that we did. Uh, I did the song at uh, DJ Tira Studios. I was recording and uh, a friend of mine had, had just done the producer Prince. Had done just, I think it was a minute and a half. He was just messing around and I was like, this is awesome. Okay. We are doing the song right now. And I just went in the booth, sort of freestyling. I did the chorus, same time, did the verse. I think that song took us about an hour and a half and I just had to feature Juicy to spice it up. So it, it was, it was natural. Everything comes naturally when, when the, when the, when the magic is out there mm. and the universe is saying, here, I've got something for you. You just have to, reach out and listen and grab it. Hmm. And that's exactly what happened with this song. Well, this is what it sounds like when you uh, reach out and grab it. It is a uh, music IQ. We'll find out a little bit more about the name and all of that in a little bit. It's called uh, Mood for Love. A whole lot. It's a music IQ. It's called a mood for love. All right, more with him other side of this. I mean, on mood for love, you're really uh, exposing a, a very sensual, sensitive, vulnerable 
side of yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. This one was a great challenge, eh? Yeah. What do you mean it was a challenge? It was a challenge because with house vocals, it's always about riding the beat. This one, I had to sing it. Yeah. You know, so I had to deliver something so that the message was, as you say, sensual. So, yeah, it was different. I mean, you can't exactly record this in front of like a hundred people in a recording studio with like people walking in and out at 12 o'clock midday, right? You've no. got to set a bit of a t- mood. It's got to be dark. What it's was the be... mood? How did you make a mood out of this? Um, cause the bass line was nice and heavy and thick and, 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 and fed in the song. I was like, okay, guys, what we need to do is turn the lights down. Yeah. All right. No one comes in. It's just myself, the two, the engineer and the producer and juicy. I'm going to write the song. And when I'm done, guys, make sure that the mood is still clean. And clear of anyone until we're done. So huh. the mood was very R&B-ish. Before we started writing, yeah. I listened to a lot of Teddy Pendergrass, favorite old-time yeah, performer, yeah. and a bit of Barry White and a bit of Black Coffee is also in there. If you can hear the, the influence, yeah, yeah. So we, we we created a mood that was that was really chilled, but also very vibey. I dig Had it. To. Had to. Oh. I dig it. Thank yeah. you. What do you think would give a better indication of you listening to your music or spending a day with you? Spending a day with me and. Later listening to my music. <laughs> <laughs> doing it all. Doing, doing it, it all. all. You've got to have the full experience. Do you find that people have a certain idea about you from listening to your music and then they meet you in real life and there's um, a similarity or a disconnect? How does it usually go? It goes the first way around. Uh, people normally say, ah, okay, you are the dude that's on your music. You you sound like what you sing, you know? And I think when, when they get to sit with me, it's, there's never a disconnect hmm. in a way because... I love poetry, I love music, I love a lot of things that are intellectually stimulating. So when people spend time with me, they get to understand that, okay, there's the IQ part in this music that this dude delivers, but there's also the the fun part and mm. and all of that. So it's 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 never a point where they feel that, nah, this dude is not the real deal. And is this the explanation for the name then? The explanation for the name is very interesting. Okay, Um IQ has always been my nickname from from high school. I was bullied, like I said, I went to Queensbury Boys High, so I was bullied by these older guys uh, that were like sixteen in, in in grade eight, and I used to do their homework, science homework, their English homework, and they used to protect me from all the other bullies. So okay. I was their little IQ. They used to call me IQ. Okay. So later we worked on Zayk Spandwini's album and all the other songs that we were doing, and when we were done with all, I think we did produce four albums from the time that I was retrenched. And Zakes said to me, dude, you're not just an IQ, you're a music IQ. Huh. You know? So I was like, okay, that sounds, that sounds fresh, but yeah. let's change the music to music IQ and let's make it different. Let's give it a twist. So That's a cool the name. name. Yeah. Yeah. So hence the name, hey? So how are you sort of figuring out, um, how to put it all out there and showcase to the world how talented you are and showcase the music? Because it's one thing to be able to make it, um, and create it and an, an amazing yeah. studio experience. Yeah. It's another thing to get it out there and into the hands of people. Um, and that requires a lot of sort of business yes. and branding and marketing acumen. So how have you gone about learning that? Okay. What I, what I've done, because obviously of, of my experience from a sales back background, you know, um, what I did was that I had an option to either be an artist that, 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 that's releasing his own music or be an artist that is signed to a major label. So my decision was to go with, with signing with a major label because they mm-hmm. have a more comprehensive approach and they have all the access that one needs to mm-hmm. put the album on the correct platforms with the correct sort of resources behind uh, the entire project. So the decision was to go 360 with a major. Let them do what they do. Let me learn 
because this is my first project, mm. right? Number one, number two, I need to learn what what the business is about and how the business is done. So yeah. I think I'm learning a lot, which is which is which is awesome, and I'm allowing the label to do what they need to do, and that in turn is allowing me to learn how to position my brand, where my brand belongs, and sometimes I'm even alarmed to learn that. Where I thought the brand was 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 correct is actually incorrect. Mm. So that's also a huge learning curve, and it it humbles you a bit. Hmm. Yeah. So with all of that in mind, what does 2018 look like for Music IQ? It looks amazing. It <laughs> Tell looks me more, amazing. Bro. It looks amazing. Um, we've got a lot of things that are in the works in terms of of pushing the album as well. Um, there's a song that I that that I was famous for, La 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 La, La with DJ Sandara. We're gonna be shooting a, a short documentary about that song, so we're trying to. Get people to know who Music IQ is cool. and where he comes from. We've got the remix of that song as well attached to the documentary. So we'll be doing that as well. And I'll be doing a lot of collabs. Um, this week I step into studio, cross fingers with a revolution. Awesome. Wow. Uh, I also go into studio with, um, Jake's, uh, Zahara and Zandi Kumalu's wow. producer. And she's produced, he's produced a lot of great, uh, artists as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, Zagwe as well. I'm gonna be in studio with Zagwe, uh, and the album is doing well. Yeah. Okay, it's still in the charts, doing well. It will do better, and hopefully by the time award season comes, we're talking another story. Fantastic. Well, it's been so cool uh, hanging out and finding out a little bit more uh, about you. How do we find you on social media? Social media, you can catch me on Twitter. It's at Musik. It's M-U-S-E-E-Q underscore I-Q. On Facebook, you can like my fan page. It's Music IQ, right? And you can follow me on Instagram. It's M U S E E Q. Fantastic. Well, uh, so thank you so much for stopping by, and uh, all the for best for me. the year ahead. Ah, oh, lovely. Thank you so much. Kelman on CliffCentral.com.